What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. For the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hey, Jeff, I just noticed you sitting down there. You, you want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. You know talk what? about the Bucks? You know what? <laughs> what? This is something that we haven't done in a very, very long time. What's that? Victory Tuesday. Victory Tuesday, yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Uh, last time was 2016. Was that when it was? Yeah, we beat Carolina. That was our last mm. Monday night victory. Was that a Ring of Honor game? I think it was in Carolina. Oh. In any case. Monday um, night games in Carolina aren't fond memories for me. Yeah, we don't win in New York very often either. No. It's only second time. We've never no. beaten the Jets up there, and this is, we beat the Giants in 97. It was funny. Last night I thought to my – I was thinking that um, – Last play of the game when we played against the Jets, Levante David got called for a bad penalty. Uh, and, yeah, and that was so, terrible. So we finally got one back. Yeah, that's right. That's Not right. that I'm keeping score, mind you. <laughs> I don't want you to uh, think that. I'd rather have this win than the one in that season. Yes. I, I like our. I like this head coach. I like this team. I'm not contrasting it to anything when that happened. No. the Jets, I'm just saying. Never felt better in all my life. Um, continue. <laughs> Yeah, we probably should say that I'm Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we're the Salty Dogs. Jeff, yes. I may need you to bring it. I'm feeling tired today. Uh, it is. I'm tired. I understand. I totally I guess, get it. I guess that's not really a good way to start a podcast. No, Tell because the other, listeners that you're tired. Yeah, other people are going, really? You're not going to get a quality product this week. <laughs> really? Really, Scott? You're not on the roof tarring right now. You're yeah, well, that's now. not what I meant, but yeah, well, that too. Yeah. That too. I always remember that. I uh, mean, it's, what? That somebody's that, working harder than you? That always someone is working There's harder than I am. always somebody that's working. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. it, you know, but uh, it'd be like if I was a rock star and I came out on the stage and, I, okay, you guys ready? <laughs> I, I just let you know I'm pretty tired, so I don't think this is going to be a great concert. You should have come last night because I was <laughs> I really was on feeling it last that. night, yeah. You know, okay. But you paid... One hundred and ten dollars sure. for tonight, right? Well, you know, it's good. We'll bring we'll bring our A game. Just hang with us. Ah, uh, yes. You know. you know what? I need. You know, it was like Bruce Arians said after the game and then again today that mm-hmm. the, the Bucks did not do a good job of bringing their own energy to that empty stadium to start with, and you could see that. I like Bruce's line today. You know, you go to the stadium and you know, lights are on, but nobody's there. <laughs> yeah, <you can't laughs> nobody's tell if they're open. Yeah, that is great. But it is, uh, and the larger their stadiums are, you know. Kind of that, adds a new wrinkle to all those Baker Mayfield commercials where he's <laughs> living at the stadium. Yeah, I love those commercials. <laughs> I like when he's covering the seats. He sure has Come a high. <laughs> he sure has a high ratio of commercials to uh, NFL touchdowns. Though, right? uh, yeah. Well, I think yeah. he's still going to be all right. Capitalize while you can. It's too late, Jeff. Did you vote? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I voted it, on Friday. In this particular state, we get to vote early. So, yeah, I voted the first day of voting early. I voted right over there at the stadium. Did you? Yeah, it felt kind of cool. Nice. But it's it's too late for us by the time we're doing this on Tuesday. Yeah, but we you won't would. hear it until Wednesday the earliest, and it will already be over. At least the voting will be over. We don't know if the whole thing will be over. No. Um, cross your fingers. 
Um, but I hope I hope the majority of people out there who are listening in the United States, because they're not all here in the United States. Uh, I, in fact, I have another letter from our Australian friend. Today. However, this particular uh, election affects the world. So, well, that's true too. But they don't get to vote in. It. No, they don't. Um, you all right? Look at that. Yeah, good. Well, Effective use of the cough button. I don't know if you got more excited because <laughs> you did a double-handed uh, hold the mute tra- button. <laughs> you used two hands. Are trying to get right? my energy up, Jeff. I guess. You know that Antoine Winfield Jr. does not get credit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We were talking about voting. I so. thought we were done. No, we're not. Okay. You got to tell your story. It's a great oh, story. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's a great story. So I go over to... The stadium, I show my ID. My name is Scott Smith. If some fans or listeners out there, they're fans of the Buccaneers, not me. I wasn't saying they're my fans. Might or might not know that my actual full name is Roger Scott Smith. I'm pretty sure in the register around here, it's just listed as Scott R. Smith. So the guy's looking for me, and it always takes forever because there's so many Smiths. Uh And he's looking in my specific district, too. And he says, "Uh, so it's Scott R. Smith? I said, yeah. He said, okay. Um, do you have one son? And I said, yes, his name's Alex. And he says, well, because I got two Scott R. Smiths here that were born on the exact same birth date. And one of them has a son named Alex and one has a son named Eric. That's crazy. <laughs> In my district alone, there's another Scott R. Smith wow. who was born on the exact, he didn't say birthday. No. Date. Date. To the year. That's incredible. That's crazy. There's a lot of us Smiths out there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they were double-checking the... Uh they got it right. The voter, the voter rule, the voter rule. Actually, as long as they give me a ballot, sure, it works out. Yeah, it does, and it did, and you did. And so, I did. But great story, you you <laughs> really sold it. Yeah, you did. See, I pumped you up there. there you, you got go. you got excited about something. So, um, I was saying, did you know that Antoine Winfield uh, Jr. does not even get a credit for a PBU on that play because the stats on two point tries don't count. Mm. That's right. You have said that before. And yet it adds to his ridiculous line of plays already in his first half season in the NFL. He got his first pick the week before. Yep. He's had sacks. Uh-huh. He's had huge plays, yeah. galories, tip balls that other people yeah. have intercepted. Key moments. He made the play. You know that that running back release play at the goal line works all the time. And the tight end one, too. It works all the time. It almost always works. So I give him a lot of credit for, for reading it and covering that guy. And... <clears throat> I'm sure if I were on the other side, I'd be upset they picked up the flag, too. I'm trying to be objective. As I look at it, it looks to me like they got the call right. I'm sure you can accuse me of being biased, but it looks like he's he's making contact with the ball before he runs through the guy. Well, what, what, Or at least, at the very least, at the same time. I, I agree, and I was surprised that the official that was standing right in front of the play wasn't the one that threw the flag. It was the one on the end zone. Well, I think that's why it worked out. Yeah. But because if, that guy said to the other guy, he's like, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I but got I, a good angle on this. Yeah, well, that's why. That's what I'm saying. You're throwing the flag, and you, you're you looking at their backs. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it was – but I will say this. Um, we've gone both ways. We've gotten calls that, that you, yeah. know, you know – You Levante, just up Yeah, Levante was a big one. But you know, it, if you're going to have a great season, you got to be really good. Mm-hmm. But it helps to be a little lucky as well. Yeah, and you know, I always remember what Tony Dungy said. You know, don't let the officials decide the game. Play better. Yeah. You know, don't let it come down to that. Yeah. Well, and Levante would be the first one to say that game should have been over. Now he should have picked that pass. Yes. Off. Now here's the thing: if they would have gotten the two point conversion, that only tied the yeah, game. Yeah, but it yeah. still it's nice to have it in the books. Right. We had we'd have had about thirty seconds to try to win with a field goal, mm-hmm. and then if not overtime, yeah, and you never know. 
Certainly would have liked to have, I would have felt good leaving it in the hands of Ryan Sucka because he's he's doing great. Wow, phenomenal. As Coach said, basically, you know, we get him around 40 yards, we know he's going to make it. So all those kicks were like 37 to 43 yards. Yeah, and you know what's so crazy is earlier in the day I was on a Zoom conference call and with some of the people that were uh, in New York for the game, and they made a comment about how, and they, they actually said, they said, Jr you better hope this doesn't come down to a field goal because right now the light post outside the hotel window is whipping back yeah. and forth. And I jumped on and looked at the weather up there and, you know, winds were up to 25, 40 miles an hour. And, you know, it's, it died down a little bit at night, but still that's, that's. Well, you could tell from Bradley Pinion's kickoffs that there was some wind going on because he wasn't getting them nearly mm. as deep as he usually does. And it was cold. So the ball is harder too. Good point. Mm, thank you. Uh, Speaking of defensive players, would you have guessed that Indomitian Sue had five quarterback hits in that game? No, but he was he was there. Yeah, and, he was all over. And, and, you know, I think that's what happens, too. If you don't see sacks, you go, oh, they're not playing very well or someone's not playing very well. And and he was in there a lot. And, you know, Shaq Barrett, Shaq was, Barrett. was creating – he's not getting all the sacks that he was getting before. But my goodness, he, he created those two turnovers yes, or those two interceptions. He was right in there on top. Um, Carmen Vitali and I each week after a win nominated one player each for our, who should get the game ball. Uh-huh. Mine was Shaq because you're right. He he caused both of those interceptions. And he had the big play last week that was almost a big fumble return. And all those times he was right in the guy's face or in one. I think he was kind of grabbing him by the back and he turned him a little. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. He's, you know, but he's a marked man right now, you know. So he's, he's, he's still making an, he's impact. making an impact. And so other people are getting in. And uh, so JPP, he got his sack, so yay for him. Yeah. That's good. That was a big one. When you can go back home and get that, that's good. Devin White has five sacks in the last three weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. He's so good at blitzing. He times it really well, and he's fast. Um, I, I, Yeah, I – it kind of was – it was like a – you know, it was two different games, you know, the first half and the second half. It happens a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I do wonder, you know, it's like, you know – you know, you got to start fast. You got to start fast, and but I don't know how you do. I mean, you get you're trying to get jacked up, kind of like this show. You know, you're trying to get jacked <laughs> up, but how do you do it? As you keep going, you you get you into, get into a, flow. a little bit of a groove. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Which we then followed by three seconds of it. No, dead well, air, and we want that's called a pregnant pause. <laughs> uh, Another guy that has been a marked man. See, Segway, you like the Segway? Mm, I like it. Okay, so I'm doing all right. Becoming a regular radio guy. Is Mike Evans, uh, especially with Chris Guy went out. They pay a lot of attention to him. And we've had at least three games this year where the coaches have, they specifically were double teaming him most of the game. Mm-hmm. And it opened up stuff like in Las Vegas, as a matter of fact. And it opened up a ton of room for Scotty Miller. A lot of opportunities for Scotty Miller. And Chris Godwin was playing in that game. Uh, so you see then that in this game, uh, even without Chris Godwin, we ran we ran 14 four-wide plays, which we hadn't done hardly at all until the Las Vegas game. We ran a ton of three-wide plays. And I, th- and I think you're just seeing what we're going to do moving forward with Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin coming back because mm-hmm. Jaden Mickens was basically playing the Chris Godwin role. And no offense to Jaden Mickens, he did have a nice game. He did a nice game. But I think Chris Godwin is a more accomplished receiver, and you put him back in that role if you have the opportunity. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I, I am. I'm really kind of 
curious how all this is going to play out. Yeah, and this is a finger for Chris Godwin, so it's not. It's basically just a pain thing, I, I assume. Because I don't know. I mean, if it's your finger, how do you grab the ball? How do you hold the ball? I mean, you've seen players play well, with finger, injured that's... fingers. I'm just saying it's not like a hamstring where you yeah. have to wonder. As soon as he can handle the pain, yeah, or the pain is gone, mm-hmm. he'll be fine. And I'm hoping play that's with this it. week. Sure. He's a tough guy. They all well, are, actually. Well, anybody that plays that game is a tough I liked hearing Bruce say today that Mike Evans last week on the practice field, he started to see him basically turn the corner to where he's almost fully back to where he was from that ankle injury, which was a pretty bad injury that in various games since has been hampering him to some extent. Mm-hmm. And now we may be getting the Mike Evans that's not hampered at all. Knock on wood that no other injury occurs or aggravation of injury. I- that's a lot. That's really encouraging. Really encouraging. Yeah. And, you know, and I will say also, you know, Scotty Miller, and uh, he looked like he was going to have a, a big play. Uh, Giants DBs really played really, really well. I mean, they, they, they were right there. They got their, they got their hand up in there. They, they, I believe they there were three the times. Number of calls. Yeah. Or, or number of plays. Rather. We took shots. He took five mm-hmm. downfield no shots. And didn't hit any of them, which is unusual. He usually hits a couple of them. But that's like you said, I think three times they knocked it away at the last second. And and uh, uh, yeah, I mean it was crazy. It was you're going, you're thinking we it's got it, be, we got it, we got it. Well, oh, it's right there, and then the la- you know, an arm comes in without even looking. That's just get your arm out there. You well, know, yeah, whatever. Create a distraction. I was pretty salty watching the game. <laughs> really? Saying, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't no, I did. It? I actually heard you guys yesterday. It was the first time I've actually heard. Oh, you Oh, really? Guys. Were we yeah. too loud? I, no, I don't think okay. so. But I, I but. I actually heard you guys yesterday, but but I have to be. I sometimes I have to wonder because if if there's another mic lying buying lying there, and you guys are noisy, it's not it it's really not on the air. It's just I can hear it because okay. that mic is tied to me. Well, I was salty because I kept thinking, man, they're getting lucky mm-hmm. with these. Not even looking, throwing their arm out, basically. But it's not all luck. You have to give them. No. You have to give them credit because they know they're watching. The, the receiver's eyes and his hands, and as and as he's they see him tracking the ball, and, and when they see the hands come up, that's when they throw an arm out there. And some receivers know to wait as long as possible before putting their hands up to to not try to give it away. But at some point, you got to put your hands up to catch the ball. So it's not all. I think it's a little lucky. Sure, it's not all luck though. You're putting yourself in a position to make the play. Yeah, that's true. So I give I give props to them on that. So and I will say I think they're probably. One of the better one and seven teams. Well, they looked good last night. They did. They didn't look good when they played the Eagles, and now we're talking about the Giants. But I like to watch the teams that we're going to play if they're on. For example, New Orleans, we're going to play this. Not we, but the Bucks are going to play this Sunday. Uh, watch that game on sa- on last Sunday. You know, yeah. so I always try to watch whoever we're going to play. If you can, yeah. yeah, if you can get it in there. Well, they did get Sterling Shepard back. Hmm. Um, and I think that helped a lot. He did a lot against us, and we really struggled with that tight end, Evan Ingram. We had a hard time containing that guy. And I think just with Evan Ingram back, they got their full complement of receiving weapons now, and, and it's better for Daniel Jones. I was surprised at how relatively well their offensive line played because it hasn't played very well this there year. There were rookies in there. There were rookies that left tackle and they were guard. They had people out because of COVID. Yeah, well, the left tackle was the fourth overall pick. Mm-hmm. Anthony, Andrew Thomas and – Andrew Thomas, he has not played particularly well so far, which is not unusual. Uh, rookie offensive tackle. Ours happens to have played really, really, really well, good. but they don't yeah. all make that transition <laughs> that quickly. They're all not. They're and all then Will not. Hernandez was out, so in a fifth-round rookie, Shane Lemieux, was playing left guard. And it sure seemed like we should be 
really, you know, just running. I thought we were, and we didn't really. I I actually thought that game was going to be over at the half. Going into it, going into it, I thought this game, and if if it's not, it's going to be a dogfight, and you better be careful. That's what it ended up being. And and at halftime, I was like, "Holy smokes, are you kidding me?" Well, I will say this: the Buccaneers were resilient. They were they were kept bogging down around you know thirty twenty nine yard line had to settle for field goals missed some third downs they thought they would make so it mm-hmm. wasn't really sharp but they were resilient I thought it was interesting Mike and Lim- then the Giants were resilient give them credit much. yeah no they played hard uh, I thought it was interesting Mike Evans said last year we wouldn't have won that game that's a couple times players yeah. have said that this year yeah they just like hey we're not going to hey a little help there when you're taking a drink I I put the mic. Yeah, but put your cough button down. Watch. All right. Here, watch this. Watch this. You didn't hear a thing, but watch this. I did, actually. But watch this. <laughs> Just a little lesson there. Great. Great. So many rules, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I know. Uh so, what are you drinking, anyways? By the way, just Gatorade. I know oh. people think it's weird to put Gatorade over ice, but I like it. No, I I drink everything over ice. I'll tell you something I liked. That wasn't the best segue, but I'm going to tell you well, something you I liked. You said you like things over ice, so what else? Okay, there like? you go. I like that on both of our touchdown passes, it was first and goal play action. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard me say it before. Yeah. Excellent. I am so in favor of choosing to run play action passes on first down when you're around the goal line because mm-hmm. that's when it works. You wait, you run twice. Don't get in, wait to third down. Now they're expecting you to pass, and right. play action doesn't really do much. Do it on first down, and they're all selling out. And we did it twice, and it worked both times. I so liked it. I, I, I love seeing Now, you can't do it every time, or then, then that's a tendency, and they know it. But You, you, you triggered something on first down, so I'm going to go do a sidebar. All here. right, cool. I felt that in, when we didn't get the first down uh, in the where we're trying to uh, – run time off the clock, you know, end the game, marching down the field, la- our last possession, yeah, yeah. okay? I thought we would have challenged the spot. Uh, yeah. Because I felt like it was a first down from what we could see by the markers. But I also thought, wonder why they didn't go for a first down. You don't really need the timeouts. You're leading right now. You call, you know, you call a timeout. You make the challenge. If you get it. And that game's over. And we hadn't used one yet, right? No. So you, and you and once it's two minutes down to two minutes, you can't use them anyway. So there was like two minutes left of which to use two challenges. You might as well. Right. I agree. Right. So I, that was just one of those little side. I mean, and I, I, I. That was right before the field goal. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. Yes. And I want to. Um, maybe. Maybe next. Maybe on Friday when I see BA, I'll ask. I'm just curious oh. about that. Okay. Because coaches love being second guess. <laughs> well, no, it just. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you put it that way, maybe perhaps not. <laughs> well, you just have to figure out a good way. You know Given, what? With, with I know you had a good reason for I, doing that, I, Bruce. I I will say this: with Bruce Arians, you get to ask anything. Okay, you've you've dealt with him a yes, lot more than he's, I have. He, you can ask him anything, and he'll give you the answer. He may cock his head and look true. at you like you're crazy, but that's okay. At least he answers the question. And, and, you know, he doesn't take offense to it because he knows that, you know, there's a question for that. And they may ask themselves that. They may look at the tape and see that and go, wow, yeah. that is closer than we thought it was. You know, yeah, so you have that, too. He does have, I believe it's 
Coach Van Dam, John mm-hmm. Van Dam. He does have him up at the booth giving him his opinion of, uh, and and it's worked out several times this year where he's helped lead Bruce to make a challenge mm-hmm. that has worked. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were right. Look, maybe I agreed are. with you though. I thought at yeah. the time we should challenge that. But it's easy. It's easy to make those decisions when it's not your decision. <laughs> <laughs> did, um, did you notice the change on defense? Defensive I, personnel. I, I know what you're talking about. At first, I didn't, but then I did. Uh, that's part of not being at the game. I don't like because it oh, you know took you a little while to recognize took me it. a little while to. to we are talking about it. the fact that Jamel Dean started. So. Through the first seven games, they were doing the thing where Sean Murphy Bunton, Bunting and Carlton Davis start in the base package on the outside, and then Carlton, I mean, Sean is our nickel, so he goes into the slot when we go to the nickel, which you actually use most of the time, or mm-hmm. the majority of the time, and Dean comes in and plays the outside, but then he's off the field again if they go back to base. Well, this time, Sean is was just the nickel, and Dean was the starter on the outside, which mean, meant Dean played 100% of the snaps and Sean played to whatever percentage was in the nickel, or there were a few in the dime as well. And, of course, of course, our buddy Mike Edwards came in. and You expected yeah. a big play right away. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> and we didn't mention uh, Carlton Davis getting uh, his fourth, fourth pick. pick. Yeah, yeah, which is – Well, we did talk about the picks. Yeah, but – We didn't say specifically Sean him. Sean Bunting and Carlton Davis. He's yeah. tied for the league leading now. Yeah. That was those were big. Those were changed the game, really. That was the game changers. But that was the that was I had to, I kind of chuckled a little bit um, because uh, Warren Sapp uh, hit a tweet uh, during the game saying, uh, "Give us seventeen, we'll win." <laughs> There's his line. Yeah, it was his line, and made me laugh. I, I was like, "Yeah, the defense is looking like that's what's going to happen." You know what I looked at for somebody asking me? I think maybe a mailbag question, trying to compare. Did, did, is this defense getting to the point where you could start to compare it to the 2002 defense? No, I, I, I think I think you might be able to compare it to maybe the 97, you know, where it's just beginning. Well, maybe, you know, it's just becoming into fruition. Well, that would be very if, – if that was valid, it would be great because, as it turned out, that defense that Played, kind of started yeah. to hit the stride in 97 ended up with uh, – Two Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. and then a couple more, three more that we think are, yeah, and I, Simeon and John Lynch and, you know, and Rondé Barber are the best. I, I I think it's growing. I think they're maturing together, and you know that, that's the big thing. You get a core of young guys and a couple. You sprinkle in a, yeah some well, veterans in there to show guys how how to play or how to prepare for a game. But Sapp said, "Give us 17 points, yeah, and we'll win. We'll win." If yeah. he were playing now, he might have to say, "Give us." 20 or 21 because the game has changed and it's, it's a higher scoring game. Mm-hmm. And I look back at um, the defenses to compare it because that's what you do when you're trying to compare teams. You you compare how they were in relation to the other teams in the league and then how we are right now. Sure. And the, the that defense, you may recall, allowed 252.8 yards per game, which was about, I think if I remember correctly, about 40% better than the average. That's pretty close to what this team is doing as well, about um, – 40% better than the average, even though they're giving up more like – or before this past week it was like 289 or mm-hmm. something like that. Because now teams are averaging – instead of teams averaging NFL average around 300 yards, it's more like 350 yards. You know what I'm saying? So – but the points wasn't even close. Because I don't know if you recall, but I think we allowed 12.3 points per game yeah. in that season, which is insane. Crazy. And the difference between the league average then is way more than the difference between what the Bucks are giving up. The Bucks. 
points allowed so far this season is not a whole lot better than the league average. It's a little no. bit. Yeah. But it's not anything like 2002. The, the, the 2002 defense was on a different level than the rest of the league. Yeah. and Well, what's funny, too, is whenever a team would score back then, I would think, oh, no, we're in trouble. It's seven to nothing. <laughs> you know, because it was just so hard to get, to get points. Yeah. But, but I you know, it's last night as frustrating as I'm sure a lot of Buccaneer fans were and, you know, going, oh, goodness, goodness. My, in, in my heart of hearts, I thought I, I really did believe – you believed all along. Oh, I did. I did. And don't you remember? I got. It's only halftime, yeah. you guys. When we got to fourteen and nine after the Carlton interception, I felt like the game had swung, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I do think we're going to win this. Now, it got a little hairy there at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's called playing to the end. Yeah, uh, making up, the finishing. But, but both of them did. I mean, they played. Yeah, they. You know, both. I mean, they converted two long fourth downs. That's what. Oh, that was sucked. crazy. But give give credit. It made it. Got it. Moved. Made it happen, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, you always when you think, you know, when it's fourth you, and 17, got him right where we want him. <laughs> oh, first down. I think Bruce might have said it, but I certainly always think the same way too. It's like whenever you have a dropped interception, you start thinking, oh, we're screwed. You know, you don't you don't catch that pick and I, then they somehow always score. I want to I – I, 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 that would have been a tough interception. Yeah, you know, but I mean, he made the great play oh, to he, get there. He did, and then the ball was pretty much right where he could have yeah. caught it. Yeah, I'm sure he was not happy about not catching that. No, no, he made a great play to get there. Yes, that, he's a great player. But you're right; it a play like that ends the game. Oh, it's over right there. And when you don't make that play, all of a sudden you can lose the game. And sure enough, it just about did. You gave more life. So we had news today too. Yeah. That's Antonio, why we we're so late getting Yeah, this Antonio done. Brown is active now. Yep. He's off the suspension. He'll be yep. able to play against New Orleans. Bruce said he would play. He's in the building tomorrow. He could. Right. Well, he can practice tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be weird, though, not necessarily for practice, but. Um, you can hit that phone if you'd like. It was my wife calling, actually. Yeah. Uh, I hope everything's okay. Well, why don't you check? I'll text her when you're talking, next time okay. you're talking. Uh Shoot. You lost. Oh, uh, he they comes are. In. They're going to. This is kind of an offshoot of a, a thing, but right. the NFL is is uh, has announced in, enhanced or more. What do they call it? Testing protocol. They're okay. making the protocol more. What's the word? I got the paper right here. Well, why am I putting my mask on? I don't know. Because <laughs> I guess you have. No I need glasses. Protocol. Uh. <laughs> intensive, more intensive protocol procedures. And one of those appears to be that they're not going to get to have in-person meetings anymore. So, like, you can't you, – the DBs can't all sit in the meetings together. Well, yeah, and they're also expanding the sideline yeah. because they want, they want more space because they're discovering that it's not so much – which is kind of weird. It's not so much the players on the field. It's – when they're uh, interaction, interaction talking back and forth, which you which you kind of think, how is that? You know, I don't. I yeah, don't well, really this understand this that. memo also talked about um, like the when they socialize at the end of a game, mm-hmm. which players always love to yeah, do. They, they just need to not year. do it this year. Yeah, and it, it says that often involves very close face to face conversation, mm-hmm. and it actually is more likely to be transmitted than, than a regular football play. Yeah, 
I'm sure there's some plays where they're breathing right on top of each other, but a lot of times you're not. So you're, you're the same thing with what you're saying on the sideline. Those now they have more room to spread out and not yeah talk at each other. Yeah, and and you know it's like when we do our broadcast, there's pl- there's plastic between us. Yeah, that's right. It's weird. It's yeah, and it's becoming more common. And the only time there's not a mask on is if someone's having something to eat or drinking in there, and everybody's separate. It's kind of weird, you know, when you and I can see how players have been talking about this traveling, um, just how. It's just very strange. It's uh, because I was looking at us last night, and everybody was in, you know, enjoying their sandwich. But it was everybody's like so far apart. Mm-hmm. It was like basically you're eating alone all the time, <laughs> even though there's people around. Yeah. But uh, but I can see where where the, the, the league's getting close. You know, they got eight weeks in right now. Okay, you're halfway there. But it's... here comes the here comes the cold weather. Here comes flu season. Not even talking about COVID season. I'm just talking about the flu season. So they want it. They got it. They're like they're hey, trying to well, hunker, hunker down a little you bit. You had more. a couple. Uh, I think Ravens today. Well, you had uh, Broncos. You had John Elway and um, their CEO. Yeah, their CEO. Um, well, the Broncos had Marlon Humphrey, and now I believe, not the Broncos, the Ravens, now I believe they have to quarantine like six players because they were deemed to have been in high-risk contact. Mm-hmm. And it says in this memo also that you have a much better chance of not being regarded as high-risk contact if you're always wearing the mask. So it's it's them being in close proximity without their masks on. Uh-huh. So if, you, if the players want to avoid being quarantined even though they don't have it they need to be vigilant about wearing their masks in the building at all times except during active practice i'm getting to where it feels weird not to have a mask i, I wouldn't go that far no but i'm, I'm certainly used to it yeah now. like i'll sometimes forget i have it on the whole time well like, you saw me there i, I needed to put I on my reading glasses and instead well, so put on my mask i mean sometimes i'll come I'll come in and sit at my sit in my office to start working and i'll keep my mask on and my doors closed and we're allowed to have our mask off so if your door is closed and I was like, blah, 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 working, working, working. And then all of a sudden, I go, what? and usually it's when I go take a drink and I hit the mask. <laughs> what the? That's funny. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I don't think you can be too too cautious. Uh, and I think the league just truly wants to get this. And they really don't want to play an extra week. No, because it throws everything right. off. Throws everything off. To the point that apparently they are considering the possibility that of games not being played, and so teams end up at the end of the season with different numbers of games played. And I, if, if they're wait, if they're going to do that, that is when they would probably implement the sixteen game playoffs, eight in each conference, which I'm really hoping doesn't happen. That's what I was trying to figure out. I saw I saw a bleep a, a quick blurb on that, and um, I was trying to figure out oh if that's in case. They don't get the whole season in, and they want to go into playoffs? Is that the thing? Yeah, they want to expand the playoffs. So it's more like, I guess it would end up being a winning percentage sort of thing. Hmm. And and uh, I guess they think it's more fair if they have to go to that to have eight teams instead of seven. Hmm. But oh, then there would, oh, I see. Then I there would see. be no okay. buy yeah. for anybody. So any team, first or eighth seed, is going to have to win four games to win the Super Bowl. That's that's you know anything could happen in four. We just saw what so happened. So who's ever in the NFC East is going to have to win four games. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> so if we were to play in I'm, right now, obviously at six and two, the Buccaneers would be in the playoffs and probably let's see who's better in 
Green Bay's five and two. Seattle's seven and one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh's. Yeah, but I'm talking about the NFC. Oh. oh. I think Green Bay's five and two. Uh, all obviously, all the NFC East teams are bad. Uh, NFC North, the 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 Bears. I think they're five and three, maybe, and they, they are they've five and beaten three. us. The Saints obviously are five and two. So I it seem in my I don't have it in front of me, but we might be the two seed if the playoffs started right now. Yeah, and we're would we, but because we played an extra game from the Saints, they would still. Well, we're ahead of them in the standings because okay, six two to five two, right. but that's all going to be moot after next week because. Whoever wins that game is going to be in first. Yeah, we play each other. Either the either the Saints will be in first by a half game, but they'll have the two game tiebreaker head to head. Right. Which is like having another game. Yeah, ahead. you're a, you're a full game ahead. Or will be a game and a half ahead with the tiebreaker evened up, which would really be a good spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah, and I will find out um, whether this team can play at night or not. Because they didn't play very well against Chicago, Chicago night game. Didn't play very well on on Monday night, last yeah. night with the Giants. For, yeah. Now you have a Sunday night game. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. It, and then and then I want to see how it plays because after the, after the Sunday night game, it's 1 o'clock game. Carolina. Carolina. So I'm just, just kind of curious whether – they're, they're learning how to sit around all day <laughs> to get jacked up. At least in this one coming this week, it'll be at Raymond James Stadium, and there will be 25% capacity. Yeah. So there will be yeah. some crowd. The, I was watching the Ravens game, and that crowd was probably about 25% too, and it was getting pretty darn loud. Yeah. I was kind of impressed. Right, right. So if, if the fans are out there just really screaming their heads off. Well, the, the beauty about only 25,000 fans is that fans can actually, or players can actually hear what an individual <laughs> fan is saying to them. So that makes it more fun if you're a oh, fan. fun, Because yes. now you know they can hear yeah, you. Yeah, they probably act like they can. Yeah. But they yeah. can. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I kind of like that idea. But, yes, we're going to have uh, uh, fans again. So I'm excited about that. And it's a, it's a Saints game, so, you know. Yeah, we need, always we need that one, man. Cranked up. Need that one. Well, you know, you you need them all, really. When you when well, you, when you look at I it, I mean, you don't go sixteen and zero very often. No, but you don't want to go back and look at. But it's kind of like the football gods even things out. The Chicago game, you felt like, oh, you should have won that game, you know. And then the Giants game, you're in the same situation. You do win it, so it's just. I think, Ebbs and flows. I think we've said this before. We're not getting many games that are going what, the way you thought they would going no. into it. I mean, like Green Bay. Did but you? that's the thing about the NFL. That's true. That is, you know, how you play Monday night is not going to predicate how you're going to play on su- on Sunday that's against true. the Saints. Yeah, like my, Miami killed San Francisco. San Francisco did, not did, this week. Did you watch Miami against the Rams? Uh, a little bit of it. It was crazy. The Rams had some ungodly amount of yards and lost. Yeah, they. But at one point that yeah turnovers. Yeah, at one point they put up a, a graphic, and I think they had like 430 yards, and the and the Dolphins had like 130, but the Dolphins were winning by several touchdowns. They, I think they had a punt return for a touchdown as well. But I think that I think that's where you get into you know it's it's a, and I think here you're gonna love this tie-in. And I think that's why you see teams tinkering right now because teams are very close and one or two players makes a difference. So you're making moves to 
if you can enhance that one person, puts you over the top. Yeah, I we came in here basically right after the trade deadline. Uh-huh. And there was some action in today and in the last week. Unless I missed it or it wasn't reported yet, it didn't look like Green Bay did anything. Mm-hmm. And that's good. But it, but they were also uh, reports that they were looking for um, AB. They were they were trying to get him. And oh he really? Deci- yeah, and he decided to come here, which I can understand. If you're if, if you're if you're going to go to Florida or Wisconsin right now, and you're trying to yeah, I forgot how bad the COVID is in Wisconsin. And you're trying to decide how you're going to resurrect your career. I think this is a better opportunity. That being said, the depth chart at receivers a lot more robust here than there. Mm-hmm. So one could look at that. Well, that's, that's potentially true. a better option. However, if you're looking for a contract year and you're the only guy that can um, salvage the receiving core up in Green Bay, then if you don't do well, then you hurt yourself. We're here with everybody around you. Pick your poison. And, and you know, everybody was saying how. Uh, Mike Evans is not going to get all the yards that he's that he's gotten, especially with AB coming in here. The thing is, I liked what Bruce said today that Mike has been double teamed for so much. This might open him up more. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true, and I, that's what I was talking about earlier with the belief that we're going to run a lot of f- not a ton of four wide, but some, and otherwise a lot of three wide. And you're in those four wide. We put Mike Evans in the slot a lot. He played 28 of his 60 plays in the slot in this last game, which is close to 50%. Prior to that, he was only playing about 25% of his plays in the slot. So mm-hmm. it's a concerted effort to get him open. So um, I think that's going to continue. And like we said earlier, he's he's closer to full health. And when, we, when you get all those weapons back out there, it's going to be hard to. Here, I got a boating thing. High tide rises raises yes. all boats, yes. so that's salty dogs. You like for that? You. That's salty dog. I, I have actually, I actually do believe that, and you know, uh, so that's why I, I always am on the side of Bruce. What Bruce said that you add another talented receiver doesn't mean it's a bad thing for the other ones. Okay, now what we didn't talk about something, and I'm gonna uh, just made me think about players and guys. Rojo was in, had a fumble. And then we really didn't see him much more after that. Well, not much more for the rest of the first half, but he came back out and was and was on the field again for the start of the second mm-hmm. half. So he ended up with – here, I got it right here. I think they already were going to split between him and Fournette anyway. That yes. just probably I, accelerated the timetable uh-huh. a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, Fournette had 15 carries to seven for Rojo. Rojo had four targets and four catches. Fournette had six targets and three catches. And so how many running plays did we have from, total? On. Uh, Fournette played 51 plays, and Jones played 17. That is quite a bit. Of, I didn't realize See, it. I, it's that, three times as many. That's what I That's what I was wondering about. So, yeah, Fournette took over. That fumble probably had a lot to do with that. Well, and that, you know, I, I get it. You know, you go with the hot hand. You yeah. just, just Fournette decide, was doing fine. Hey, he was doing great. And that's why you have the different style yeah. running backs. Too. I don't think it, it means that Jones no. is going to be in the doghouse no, moving forward. No. but. Yeah, we had 24 running plays, but that included one by an in-round by Scotty and a kneel down by Tom, so it was really 22. Oh, okay. And we didn't use LaShawn McCoy again. He didn't play in the game, and Keyshawn Vaughn didn't play on offense. Mm. So it's getting hard for those guys to get touches. 
I think it'll be hard for everybody to get touches, but it'll be fun to see. Yeah, Cyril Grayson was the player that the Buccaneers waived in order to make room for Antonio Brown being activated, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Claire. Can he go back into the practice yeah, spot? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It, once he clears waivers, if we wanted to, we could sign him. We'd have to cut somebody else because yeah. we're full right now. Made a couple practice squad moves today, too, re-signing John Mulchon. And, uh, O-Lyman? Yeah. And um, and then uh, Kenyon Barner also came back from a suspension today, so he counts on the practice squad again now. So little moves, but I actually think they like Kenyon Barner for special teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, they elevated him that one game. And he made a bit of a difference. But you can only do that twice, so I'm not even sure if he, he might be out of options for elevation anyway. So that could be a moot point as well. So. I like it. You, you good? I am. We didn't really say it up top, but it, it'll be obvious, obviously, if you're listening to this, that we did, we're doing the same thing we did in the Thursday week. Sure. It's an abbreviated, compressed schedule, so we just decided not to get a player guest. Yeah. With, well, they don't have as much free time this week. They don't have much free time, and today uh, the NFL is off today. Yeah, actually, we're not even supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> so everybody's supposed that's, to be getting the day off because That's how salty we are. <laughs> that's how well, devoted we there's, are. There's, there's some people that you know we have to be here because we have responsibilities immediately. After, day after the game is – it's a very busy day for me. It's very busy for you. It's busy for our community. Particularly when it's basically Monday and Tuesday pushed together. Pushed together, and you're already, you know, you get into that Wednesday. I mean, it's hard to believe it's going to be Wednesday tomorrow. Um, but uh, what I'm what I'm most excited about, you know, I, I talked about it last week, was I wasn't a fan of night games. You know, I just – and last night I decided it's not that I'm not a fan of night games because I liked it. I'm not a fan of sitting around all day. Yeah, we kept going. Oh, it's and, only six more hours yeah, to the game. I, uh, I was, I got to the stadium at four o'clock, <laughs> and um, you know, we, well, we got things to do and things of that nature. But it's funny, you get there at four and you think, wow, it's four hours before kick, and the next thing I know, I'm like, okay, we got to get this in. Now we got to do this. It you went know? quickly for it you. It goes very I quickly. I felt like it went slow. Did it? Yeah. Um, so, well, you get to enjoy it now. At least this Sunday. We have a night game, but at least you can watch other football games, yeah, which is nice. So at right. least you can watch the the one o'clock games to a completion, and that's good. All right, Jeff. All right. So we don't have a middle segment, and I don't think we really need to take a break. Okay, we'll no, just we roll don't. right into yeah. what is our traditionally our third segment. Yeah, because it makes my life easier. But we'll we now just... be our second segment, All right. and it's, it's fans' questions. Yes, I'm ready. All we, right. We remember had... our remember our friend from Australia. I do. Heard from him again. Elliot, oh, Elliot right. Lovejoy. A radio presenter uh-huh. in cons. Cons. Hey, gents. Hope you're keeping well. <laughs> Just wanted to tip my cap to you both from what it's worth from a random in Australia. I think your podcast is a great escape for people in 220 in particular. That's very, <laughs> that's very, very kind. I think you probably need to be a Bucks fan for this yeah. to be of right. too much value to you. But yeah. that's nice. That Yeah, very kind of him. At a time, well, well presented. <laughs> at a time where many people may be struggling with their mental and physical health, yeah. thank you for putting together such a great product. We're, <laughs> well, we're killing it, Jeff. It's struggling. Thank here. you very much, Elliot. Yes. In terms of watching games over here, and I think he's just responding to what we've discussed uh-huh. a few times, we normally get the standard Sunday kickoff at 6 a.m.-ish on a Monday our time, with the Sunday night and Monday night games airing at around lunchtime. Which that would be that part would be on cool. Mondays. That's nice. I mean, like the Sunday game would be it would be around lunch on Monday. Yeah, I like that. 
I wouldn't mind having a no. football game in the middle of the afternoon. That's like that's like watching NFL football Might be. In, in Hawaii. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Just being in Hawaii. Well, no, it is it's it's great because it's like seven o'clock in the morning and the game's on, you know, so you just roll out of bed and you're already into it, you know, you're just ready to go. I like it. I guess. All right. I'm just saying, if I'm in Hawaii, unless it is something having to do with my job, I'm probably not spending a whole lot of time watching football games. I'm assuming I only get a week there. I'm going to be at the beach. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I went to that when I was in Hawaii, I got to go that the best beach on, on the island we were on for body surfing. Mm-hmm. It was freaking Up cool. on the North Shore. That's not where it was. Anyway. Uh, okay, on to my question. I've noticed Will Golston pumping out quality play after play. Is he a bit of an unsung hero in this defense? It's nice to see him having success. Yes, absolutely he's an unsung hero in this defense. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. Look at the fact that while it may not be quite as good, the run defense has stayed pretty darn strong after the loss of Vita Vea, and one of the big reasons is Will Golston. But the difference in Will Golston this year is he's making a lot more plays in the backfield, which was really not his thing very much through most of his career. And he's always wanted to. He's talked about that. Uh, You know, but some players are just better at pass rushing than others. But he's doing a good job this year. He's making a lot of plays. I remember his name coming up twice in pretty rapid succession in last night's game. In big and crucial times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of our guys are getting a lot of attention now, which is great. Now, every time you hear somebody nationally talking about Levante David, they're like, he might be the best. Yeah. The, Levante and Devin might be the best inside linebacker tandem in the NFL, which we say a lot, but other people have seen it. Carlton Davis yeah. is getting a lot of attention. Jamel Dean. Yeah, Levante David's an overnight success in nine seasons. <laughs> Something that we've known about all along. But that's what happens, you know, when you're a great player and you may not be on the best of teams. And you're getting the spotlight now because yeah. of Tom Brady. So... Yeah, but you're getting the spotlight, but your play is certainly excelling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could shine the light on somebody and it not work out. Yeah. Like, oh, we didn't Uh, realize he's really not that good. Yeah, he really isn't. (laughs) You could be a great player on a bad team, you know, or a mediocre player who think you're a great player. But, hey, if you're in the NFL, you have to be pretty damn good. Yeah, that's true. I'm leaving it at that. So, yes, the answer to your question, in my opinion, is he is very much an unsung hero. Probably the biggest unsung hero on our defense. I'm trying to think of who else could be that. Because, you know, we love what Anton Winfield's doing, but we're also yelling about it all the time. Sure. Well, I, I, I think all those young young Jordan guys. Whitehead makes some plays, and he doesn't get as much attention no. as Winfield. Well, Winfield is a, is double because he, you know, he's coming in, he's starting right away, and he's playing really, really well right yeah. away. And, you know, his dad also played, and... He's also a really nice guy yeah, and student of the game, and you can tell he's studying and all of that. So, But Jordan Whitehead is also a very, a very, very nice good player. Guy too, right, so. and he's getting it done, yes. All right, on to the next question. And again, it is not from the United States. All right. This is from Keith Manlove in Chesterfield, England. Ah. Hi there, Salty Dogs. I have been a Bucks fan since the game was introduced on British TV in the 1980s. Wow. Uh, I've watched – that's how Paul Stewart, who runs the um, – uh, Buck Power Buck website Power. and was instrumental in them building that big fan club sure. they have over there. So I think the same thing. I think he randomly caught a Bucks Miami game and then was just hooked, and that's how he became a Bucks fan. One of the biggest Bucks I, fans I you'll told, ever meet. I, I told you about when we were over there, the bus driver, we asked mm-hmm. uh, how they decide, and they decide on, you know, I, how did you decide on your team? And he goes, oh, I just liked uh, 
the color? Yeah, <laughs> black and orange. And he so was a Bengals fan. Yes. Okay. I went really, because he was talking about them, and I was like, "Why would you like them?" He, and then he explained that colors were very important over there. Colors are very important over yeah. there. To their, for their, their, they they gravitate towards the colors. That's why he liked the Bengals because of their color, the black and. I orange. just didn't realize that the British valued color more than. And that's we with do. a U, by the way. Yeah, there's no the defense is spelled with a C here. I did notice that. Ah, okay. Uh, actually, I think that was in in the last question. Yeah. So what is his question? What I'm getting to it. Okay. I'm working here. I understand. I watched the Bucks game last night, 1.20 a.m. kickoff to avoid confusion. That's aimed at me. <laughs> and there's a little emoji smiley face. Fair enough. And was delighted with the victory. Okay, so the question is there what? If if he watched it at We knew one, that already, five hours ahead. Okay, just checking. I didn't have any trouble with that one. <laughs> I was just wondering why, when Mike Evans' receptions and yards are being discussed as being quite low, that pass interference when, when he is being targeted isn't brought into the equation, he seems to draw a lot of flags. All I would argue with is that I don't think people are forgetting that. No. Bruce has brought it up several times. Absolutely. Yeah. It was very apparent after the season opener in New Orleans. I didn't look up exactly who each receiver was on these, but I did look up how many pass interference penalties that our guys have drawn. And through eight games, they've drawn 15 of them for 244 yards. Wow. That's a lot. Wow, that is. So, yeah, add that in. I think he got one in this last game. He did. He did. So, yeah, we've had. At a crucial time because it was a first down. Our opponents have had to resort to cheating 15 times, and it's cost them 244 yards. I like that. I don't know exactly how many of those are Mike's. But I would bet at least five or six of them. Mm-hmm. So that's absolutely something that he does because he puts them in a bad situation. And they have to interfere. Yeah, well, sometimes you just have to take a penalty, you know, or, or you know, or it could be a touchdown. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's frustrating when you're watching a game and the defender basically makes that decision. They're beat and they know it. And then they grab the guy, but then the pass goes like 15 yards over his head. And you're like, if you just had let it go, but they don't yeah. know that. No. No, they're real-time reaction. All right, one more. All right. Hi, this one is actually from Tampa. Hey, yeah. Jeff and Scott. Hey. Okay, I'll just address this one to Scott because I know Jeff doesn't like fantasy football, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. I'm getting a little tired of it, too. I was watching the games on Sunday, Yeah. and I kept having to tell myself, wait, no, this is good. Like when Miami was beating the Rams and I had some fantasy football interest in that, I, I kept waiting for the Rams to do something. And I'm like, no, you always want AFC teams to beat NFC teams. We want all the NFC teams to lose to yeah. NFC teams. Yeah. I had to tell myself repeatedly. For some reason, I wanted Green Bay to win. And then they lose. I'm like, wait a minute, that's good for but us. But with the Rams, you know Sean. So, you know, you know people. I don't that, really know Sean. Well. That was quite some time ago. Uh, it was. That was a long time ago. But you know who he I is. I know who he is. Yeah. Um, okay. So Joe anyway. Barry's on that team. The Rams? I believe so. He's had a long career. Sure. Now, he was a good guy. You know him well, Yeah, now, right? Joe Barry I know well, yeah. and I think if I ran across him, he'd remember me as well. There you go. Okay, I'll just address – okay, I said that. Mm-hmm. Scott, is it worth it to pick up Antonio Brown? I mean, I already did just in case, but do you think it would be a good idea to put him in the lineup? 
Honestly. You know what I love about fantasy football people? Fantasy football <laughs> is supposedly you're the general manager. So I'm just curious, and this isn't uh, this is not directed at our fine um, Carlos. Carlos, Gale. this is not directed at you at all. This is in general that. If you get involved in fantasy football, why am I asking other people what to do? It's my fantasy. It's my team. So I'm going to do what I want to do. Because there are tough decisions, Jeff. Oh, my goodness. What happens is you you end up with... Then it's not yours. Okay, what are you talking about? It's the same thing as trying to decide whether to put Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones in the game if you're the coach. You have a roster, and then you have maybe like 20 guys, and you have to choose which eight or nine to start. And if you choose the wrong one, you you could lose. Yeah, well, you could. Okay. So that's what they're they're trying. To, most of the times when you're asking these questions, you kind of think you you have a feeling of how you, think you should you're go. Right, but you just want re. Uh, yes, uh, yes. You want somebody to agree with confirm you, confirm it, and then if it doesn't go right, and he'll go, oh, that damn Scott. No, Smith no. Said if it go. doesn't go right, then you can at least feel like, well, it wasn't a bad decision. I just got oh, a bad result. I wasn't the only one who thought right. this Everybody should happen. Thought okay, yeah. So you're not wrong on your own. Right. All right, that makes – all right, I, I understand. All right, uh, I'll ask anybody – honestly, I'll ask anybody for fantasy advice. <laughs> that's for – that's yeah, for – You didn't even heard that part. <laughs> you didn't even – and that really slam dunked me. So, but I, he, wait, so if he's going to ask anybody, how come he cut me out of this question? Yeah, well, I think he knew that you wouldn't be interested in providing any information in this regard. Go – Honestly, go I'll, with your gut. I'll ask anybody for fantasy advice, but I would. I already listened to your podcast, so I thought I'd give this a try. And again, that's Carlos. I like it. Uh, I say in these situations, put him in. Run well, him. first of all, do pick him up. Yeah, err on the side of of aggression there. Sure, pick him up because play it may him. or may not work out. If it doesn't work out, then you just cut him. Play him. Um, I don't think I'd play him right away. I want to see. Play him. <laughs> You're really, really good at no, this, No, I'm telling you something. Play him. He's, in the first game. In the first game. This he, Sunday. He is going to have five key plays in that game. Five key plays? Yeah. He's going to have ten plays total. Uh, do you know how fantasy football works? Yeah. you got to have a touchdown. Yards. Yards. I mean, a key play could be a third down conversion on third and three, and that's not going to be worth much in fantasy. Okay. He's going to have some yaks. He's going to have some yaks. <laughs> So he's going to have some decent yeah, I, yards. He, yeah, what you're I say, I, yeah, and I think he gets a touchdown see, on Sunday. I, I want to wait and see how it works out for a game or two before I start putting him in my lineup, assuming I have another good option. Yeah. Well, you'll be kicking yourself. So sign him, yes. All right. I don't know about starting him unless you just really don't have another. If you're gonna, option. if you if you if you feel that strongly about signing him, <laughs> then play him. I'm play him. <laughs> don't let him sit on the bench. I think it's probably a good thing that you don't play fantasy football. Here's the good news. If you play him and he doesn't play well, you took advice of a guy that doesn't understand fantasy football. <laughs> yes, take Jeff's advice and see how it works out. It'll be it, good. It, if it works out, Jeff, uh-huh. we may have to add a segment where you give out, yeah, I give out fantasy, fantasy advice. advice every week. Well, that's just like, you know, that's like if you ever have, a, you know, if you ever do some kind of uh, – baseball pool or whatever something you know where people pick things because of their colors you know why did you pick that i like the color of their helmet you know it works out and they're they're the winner right so do you do i what okay so on one of my teams i have two good tight ends okay george kittle and noah fant Mm. who do you think i should start this week well, I think Kittle's uh, out. Oh, see, not? that's why I was testing you. Oh, okay. He might not return this season. Well, but you do know people who have played people who 
It happens. Have it. it happens. You it happens. lose track. You got to pay attention. You, you have a regular life that you have to pay <laughs> attention to. But yeah, say you thought that was a trick question, didn't you? I was trying to trick you and make you look dumb, uh-huh. and you didn't fall for no, it. No, I can do that on my own. I don't need. What help. about Odell Beckham? Uh, Should I start him? Uh, no. <laughs> I I wouldn't start him anyways. Oh really? Yeah, even if he was healthy, he was very up and down this year before he got hurt. Yeah. He'd have good games and yeah. bad games. It was hard. I think he had his best game when he caught the ball with one hand, and that was it. He got a good <laughs> career out of it. Then. Yeah, yeah. That was the other guy. Who was the other guy? The other giant in the Super Bowl that caught the Tyree ball. Tyree. Yeah. And then Davis. And then where is he? Tyree. He, he works play. for them. Yeah, but he didn't play much longer no. after that. He didn't have much of a career to be no. honest with you. Well, he he had what he, he just needed. Had the right? one big play. Yeah, he, I there think he actually works for the Giants now. I think he's on their staff. Ah. Like maybe a guy like um, quality control guy. Oh, no, no, I think he's on like like uh, you know works with player programs or something oh. like that. Oh, okay, okay, player development. Tyree, I, we had a Tyree. Yeah, and I can't remember if I'm mixing the two up because uh, there was a Tyree Davis. I don't know if the, I was going to say Tyree Davis. Is that the the guy I, we're talking about, or is that I, the former Buccaneer? Because we had a Tyree for a while. I think it was Tyree Davis was, okay. the, was, was the, the Giants. Giants guy. Yeah, but we can, you know. What, are you looking it up? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Wow. Uh, it's 523. Yes. Why, you got some place to go? Back to my office. Uh, let's see. This is Scintillating Podcast. No, he was uh, drafted by Tampa Bay. Okay, he, so he Tyree was, Davis was, the, was our guy. Yeah. So Tyree, who's the Tyree... I don't know. We NFL experts should be able to think of you. Well, but you got to remember is that you, you that particular Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, they beat us uh, to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, the Giants yeah. did. Yeah. We were our playoff game here was at the home. Last, last playoff game at Raymond James Stadium here at home. Mm-hmm. And the only redeeming thing I got out of that is, well, at least we lost to the Super Bowl champs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, didn't we have a didn't didn't Cadillac fumble once or twice? Yeah. We 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 or was that them. the 05 game? It, it was. They lost to Washington. That was a game that 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 was a game that was a game that everyone thought the Buccaneers were going to win, and didn't come out that. I, way. I figured out why we can't think of that Tyree's last name. Oh, uh, because, because that's actually his last name. Oh, it's David Tyree. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we are so <laughs> close yet so far. Wow. Well, David Tyree. Anyways, didn't know David Tyree was going to come up today. No, I didn't either. But I was just thinking about. You know, great plays. All right. All right, Jeff. Are you done? I'm Anything done. else? Yeah, I got work All to right. do. All right. So what are you doing the rest of the night? Well, I got a little more work to do. Yeah. And then I'm going to go home. And you're going to watch, the, you're gonna watch the elections? Or are you going I to? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm nervous. I guess I can't get away from it. No, you can't get away from it. My wife is going to be watching it. It's so. your patriotic duty. If Depending on how it's going, I may go hide in the bedroom and curl <laughs> up in a ball, though. Well, I don't think you're going to know for a couple of days. So. That's probably true. All right. That Very in, good. That in itself is scary, though, Jeff. It is. It is. But since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>